this to equip listeners with theological content from a 1689 Baptist perspective. We are on the Man of God Network, brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. And uh, in the last few episodes, we've been talking about some of the ways that we like to equip listeners with theological content from a 1689 Baptist perspective. And what better way to do that than by talking about a new book that has uh, the title of the 1689 London Baptist Confession embedded into uh, the title of the book. We're excited in this conversation to talk with Rob Ventura about a new exposition of the 1689 Baptist Confession of Faith. So uh, welcome to the podcast, brother. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're uh, thankful for your willingness to join us on this, as we're recording it anyway, on this Monday morning. Uh, So thank you for being on and welcome to the show. Uh, Before we talk about the content of this new work, uh, I don't believe we've ever had you on before. Uh, We have a lot of similar friends, but uh, glad that uh, we can make friends with one another today and share this time together. So uh, just by way of introducing yourself to our audience, can you can you do that for us quickly? Sure. I've been um, pastoring a Reformed Baptist church here in Rhode Island, North Providence, Rhode Island, for 15 years. I've been a Reformed Baptist for about uh, 27 years. I've been converted uh, 30 years. I was uh, radically saved in New York City um, at 22 years old and came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. I was actually converted out of the music industry. I used to manage a group professionally in New York City on uh, one of the biggest record labels in the world at that time. And uh, God had gotten hold of me through the witness of some believers and uh, again, radically saved me there in New York City at 22 years old. And then I would go to a Bible school in New York City. And uh, then I would, would go to another Bible school for about another year and a half. And then eventually would uh, go to seminary. I went to Reformed Baptist Seminary and um, uh, graduated from there. And uh, while I was um, uh, going to seminary, I was a member at Englewood Baptist Church in Englewood, New Jersey with Pastor Jim Dom. I was there about 10 years with my family, and then 15 years ago, uh, we took a call here to North Providence, Rhode Island. It was a sister Reformed Baptist church, and uh, it's been a delight to be here and to serve the Lord Jesus Christ and his people. Well, Rob, it's great to have you on the show today. It's it's interesting, the last couple of episodes, we've um, been able to talk about music, uh, people people huh. who were saved uh, out, of, out of the music industry or, or people who had a real uh, bent towards music. So we're so grateful to hear the Lord's work in your life and uh, to, to see his faithfulness in your ministry all these years. As we uh, just seek to transition now into our primary topic of discussion today, I've got a question that I would imagine most of our listeners here today, or at least some of our listeners here today are asking by this point, why another exposition of the 1689 Confession? What what do you believe that this particular exposition is going to accomplish that others may not uh, have accomplished at this point? Yeah, so why another one? Of course, I would answer quickly and say, why not? The more, the merrier. As we know, Jim Renahan is uh, doing work on the Confession of Faith and uh, just did one on, I believe, the 1644, and he's got, I think, something else coming out on the 1689. I say the more, the merrier. Uh, Let's get uh, many works out on our 
wonderful confession of faith. So the story goes like this. Um, a couple of years ago, I preached over at Beakey Seminary for a Puritan seminary, and uh, they asked me to preach on adoption at their conference, and I did. And then when you preach at that conference, they ask you to basically make your sermon into a chapter for a book. And so I wrote a a chapter for a book that RHB put out, Reformation Heritage Books, called Growing in Grace. And I did a chapter on adoption from the Westminster Confession of Faith. And as I was expounding uh, that chapter from the Westminster Confession of Faith for that book, uh, comparing it to ours, basically similar. I think there's one word different in ours from the Westminster, again, super similar. I was pulling out all of my resources for the Westminster, uh, Robert Shaw and uh, Joey Piper and um, R.C. Sproul, etc. I had several of them. And then I'm like, oh, great, let me go check a resource that we have for our confession of faith. And lo and behold, we had one. <laughs> and that was Sam Waldron's uh, great work on our confession of faith. So as I'm working through Waldron's stuff, again, it was uh, very good. His whole confession is is, is very good. Um, but I thought, man, I'm having to do a lot of, you know, new work here, some fresh outlines, some fresh applications, et cetera, et cetera, which, of course, is what we do as pastors. We, we work hard. But I thought, hmm, I wonder if it's time for us to do a new exposition of our confession of faith. We've got one uh, exposition by Sam done by just Sam. 30 years ago, and there's a lot of new things that we're dealing with as Reformed Baptists 30 years later. So I thought, hmm, maybe what I'll do is a new exposition of our confession of faith. Again, looking at what I wrote on adoption and saying, um, okay, what Sam said is great, but you know what? I got some newer stuff here, not on the uh, subject itself, but just some new outlines and some new applications that I thought would be helpful for people. I thought, so why don't we make a, a confession, a new exposition of it rather, and, um, you know, have more, uh, you know, outline -y stuff, more applications, more uh, practical in that sense. And so I thought, well, let me call Sam and see what he thinks about this. So I picked up the phone and called Sam and said, hey, brother, I, I, I'm thinking about doing a new exposition of our confession of faith, you know, uh, a bit updated from 30 years ago. Instead of having one guy do it, have over 20 guys do it, guys who have worked on uh, the confession of faith for years and years in their public ministries. I said, so what do you think about the idea of me doing a new exposition of our confession of faith? He says, I think it's a great idea. And I said, terrific. Now, would you do three chapters for me? And he said, sure. So we do have Sam in our uh, new exposition which I'm thrilled about. Again, Sam is uh, one of my former professors, just so you know. Uh, Sam's name is on my master's degree, and I've known Sam for over 25 years. He's a, a dear, dear friend, and I'm so thankful for him. But that's how the whole uh, thing came uh, to be. It was just looking at all of these wonderful expositions of the Westminster. Uh, several guys have written books on it, many, many guys. Again, Robert Shaw and other guys, they do, they've done a great job. But I thought, you know what, we only have one on ours. I think it's time to do a new one. So that was the uh, the genesis for the whole thing, if you will. Yeah, that's, that's really helpful. And uh, we are hopeful that this will be a profitable resource for the church. We think it will be. Uh, you mentioned uh, Dr. Renahan's forthcoming exposition of the 1689, and we have uh, Dr. Waldron's that has been uh, revised a few times, but uh, was written many years ago. And in your last answer, you mentioned that uh, there's going to be multiple contributors to uh, the project that you're primarily heading up. So 
who are some of the contributors of this book? We want to know that. And uh, how do you think that having multiple contributors as opposed to one uh, might make this a valuable resource? Yeah, I'll jump to that last question first. I mean, it's like a, a multi-volume commentary set, right? I mean, I, I'm in my study here and I've got uh, a, a bunch of books. Let's just put it like that. And, um, you know, you can have one full set by, let's say, uh, Lenski or, you know, Poole or Matthew Henry. That, that's great. You're getting one man's mind. And again, if you're extremely gifted, like, uh, let's say, Matthew Henry or Matthew Poole, that's great. But then you have other sets, whether it's the Baker exegetical or the Zondervan uh, exegetical series or uh, the egg NNT, egg NT series, whatever it is, um, you know, having multiple guys who are able to focus just on one particular book of the Bible. Again, uh, looking there at the uh, New International uh, Greek New Testament, the NIGNT, you know, uh, guys can really spend time with a particular subject as opposed to again i gotta write this whole thing on this entire you know work and uh, it's a bit taxing and again the guy like sam i mean he's so gifted he can do it oh lo and behold he did do it but it's nice to have guys who can really focus on particular chapters and i actually pick guys who have had particular focuses on a focus on a particular chapter and um it really comes out in the work so i think there's benefit uh, to having multiple guys um just just for various reasons uh, theological reasons practical reasons and uh, i think it comes out in the book pastoral reasons uh, i think it could be very very helpful uh, at times so uh, I grabbed some of the best guys I know, guys who've been mentors to me and for me over the years, and um, I think they've done a, a really excellent job. The reviews on the book are really terrific so far, um, and I'm grateful. Some of those guys, I just got a list in front of me here, besides uh, Dr. Sam, you've got Austin Walker. Uh, that's Jeremy Walker's father. Uh, he wrote a wonderful forward, uh, not forward, but really just an introduction to the book. He has a wonderful history about the Reformed Baptists, about the history of the Confession of Faith. It's really outstanding. I think the um, uh, that chapter alone is worth uh, the price of the book. You've got then Jeremy Walker, of course. Jeremy, my dear friend. Jeremy and I actually wrote our first book together about 12 years ago, A Portrait of Paul. Uh, on Reformation Heritage books. And as you know, Jeremy has written many wonderful books since then. So Jeremy did the chapter on repentance. Absolutely outstanding. Earl Blackburn, a long time uh, Reformed Baptist pastor. Brian Borgman. I mean, Brian is uh, just an excellent gifted brother. He's written uh, many, many books. Uh, Jim Savastio uh, has written books. Again, a well-known uh, Reformed Baptist brother and an excellent preacher as well. Uh, Jeff Smith from Florida, Coconut Creek. Uh, again, I know he's involved in Reformed Baptist Seminary, super close with Sam Waldron. These are guys who have been around for 20, 25, 30, 35 years uh, who have been doing this. Uh, and again, multiple other people uh, as well. I've got John Ruther, I've got Mark Sarver, uh, I've got Jim Dom, Steve Hoffmeyer, many of the guys over at Montville. Uh, I've got Dave Chansky, uh, who wrote uh, an introduction piece as well. Well, uh, we have Mike Renahan. Mike Renahan is uh, Jim's brother. He uh, co-wrote a chapter uh, with um, uh, Jim Sevastio on baptism. So it's just a nice group of guys. Again, guys who have been my mentors as Reformed Baptists, guys who have been doing this uh, even longer than I've been doing it. And it's just been a privilege to learn from them. And uh, I think the Lord has really blessed the work as a uh, collaborative effort. Absolutely. I think it's fantastic that you're getting a plurality of men who, who are gifted and, and um, very 
seasoned veterans, for lack of a better term, in, in pastoral ministry, particularly in the uh, particular Baptist world. So you not only get uh, different specialties at work in this particular book, but you also get um, the, the reader base exposed to different men who some are may some may be more well known than others, but you allow these these godly and, and uh, tried men in the particular Baptist tradition to be able to to become more familiar with those who are going to be engaging with the 1689. So I think it's a wonderful um, project, Rob. And um, tell us a little bit on that same note. Tell us a little bit about how you got all these men together and, and in terms of meeting deadlines to put their chapters together and, and ultimately what the what the end goal is in terms of when you're hoping for this book to be published and, and, and released. Yeah, I've told uh, several have asked me that same question. I say, look, at, to get three Reformed Baptist pastors to do anything on time is a miracle in and of itself, right? <laughs> so to get over 20 guys to do this uh, was nothing short of a miracle. You know, we are uh, cessationists, but in this sense, we see uh, miracles continuing. And uh, yeah, so... Um, uh, the Lord is very kind. I really sensed his hand on the project uh, from the very beginning. And it's wonderful when you work on things and you sense God's uh, blessing upon it. But um, just, just as, again, the idea from the project came like, hmm, maybe we should do something new. Sam's, again, right from the beginning saying, I think it's a great idea. I'll do the three chapters. And then because I've been around Reformed Baptist for, again, 27, 28 years now, uh, these guys are all longtime friends. I know what they've done, what they've done, what they're doing. And uh, I pretty much, I'm a project guy, as I said converted out of the music industry, and um, I managed a group professionally, which meant, again, managing whole projects, records and videos and all the rest. So when God saved me years later, um, same thing, my mind works like that. I could see the cover of the book, the endorsers, I, I, all of that stuff. And having written my own books and, 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 and uh, co-writing books and uh, putting projects together, probably a, a smaller project uh, that would be um, uh, leading me in this direction would be the book I did, I think it was 2015, Going Beyond the Five Points. So I did that with uh, several guys, Earl Blackburn and, and um, uh, 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 Rich Barcellus was in there, uh, Dr. Bob Martin, Sam Walton was in there. Uh, so I grabbed uh, several guys there and already was in this mode of again working with guys deadlines all that kind of stuff also i'm doing greg nichols systematic theology that's a proposed eight volume set and again keeping greg you know uh, uh in, in in line with the deadlines and on time for the deadlines etc it's just something i do that, that that's it's kind of me if you get to know me i'm a i'm a very task oriented guy i do multiple things at one time um i've worked again with with um, publishers for the past 11 years and um, I'm actually on uh, not only published on Reformation Heritage books but I'm also a board member there for the past several years so being behind the scenes with Dr. Beakey and some of my dear friends over there David Woolen and Steve Rankin I've really learned that side of the business and, and how they need things done as well now this book is not being published by Reformation Heritage books it's being pen published rather by mentor books and uh I'm, I'm thrilled about that uh mentor is the academic uh imprint for christian focused publications cfp and mentors all around the world 
So I'm thrilled that they um, took the project. And, and again, I signed the contract with them. And again, it was just the Lord's blessings all the way through. Uh, the guys did a great job. They were as timely as they could be. And uh, getting it all together, then editing it and having multiple readers. It was a, a huge task over uh, two years of work. But again, I sensed the Lord's hand upon the project throughout the whole thing. So I look back on it and I'm, I kind of scratch my head and say, yeah, how did this thing get done? It really amazing. And again, when God's in it, it really makes it a whole lot easier. Hmm. Uh, thank you for uh, letting us know about that. And uh, thank you for your work and, and putting this project together. I'm sure the church will be benefited by it, especially when they have it in their hands. But uh, in your mind, who is this resource primarily directed towards? Or if you don't have uh a primary audience that you hope will take up and read it. Who do you hope will be benefited by the release of this book? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, we wrote it for pastors and people, pastors and people. One of the editors over at Mentor Books, a wonderful guy, Malcolm McLean, he, uh, he's a, a paedo-baptist guy, and he said to me as he was editing this uh, exposition, he says, man, you guys are really into this confession, huh? And I said, oh, yeah, we are. <laughs> we really are. You know, every phrase we open up by the grace of God. And, and I think for a lot of our uh, dear uh, Presbyterian, Pado-Baptist friends, et cetera, you know, what they have in their churches is that the leadership needs to hold to the confession of faith, Westminster, whatever it might be, and um, but not necessarily the people themselves. Well, with our church, it's typically as Reformed Baptists, it's not just the leadership, but it's also the people, right? We say you need to be in substantial agreement with the confession of faith to come into the membership of the church. Well, our people love the confession of faith. We teach the confession of faith. They hear it all of the time. So we wrote this book with a view certainly to instruct the pastor at that level, but then also the people of God. And we try to make it, you know, practical for them. And so it's practical and it's pastoral. So, you know, not only will I get one for myself, the new exposition and, and Pastor Jack, my beloved fellow elder, but the whole congregation will buy it. And, and that's going to be the thing that I think will really be monumental with this work. And I think the publisher is going to be, you know, blown away by the idea that it's not just, again, a few in the church, but all the members in the church will have it. So for us, as Reformed Baptists, because we're confessional, we love our confession, of course, not as much as we love the Word of God, and of course, the living Word of God, even our Lord Jesus Christ. But we love our confession because it puts forth those things which are most surely believed among us. So the audience, the pastors, the people, I think the book is going to do uh, tremendously well around the world. Actually, I'm, I'm quite excited that already the book is not even out. We already have three foreign publishers who have approached Mentor Books to publish the book. So Spanish, German, and then just this past week, an Italian publisher approached me asking if they can do it. So I think the book is going to be a real success with the blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's outstanding to hear about the different countries and, and languages that will be uh, seeking to get this book in print. I certainly can't wait to get my hands on it uh, as soon as I'm able to. And um, to our listener, uh, we've been talking with Pastor Rob Ventura about his new exposition of the Second London Baptist Confession of Faith, or uh, to, to shorten that up, as many of you are familiar with, the 1689. What final thoughts or encouragements do you have either related to your book or just related to the uh, the Second London Baptist Confe uh, Confession of Faith in general? Uh, maybe even 
something that you would be willing to share with with pastors who are in the process of of studying this confession or taking their church through this confession? What what uh, encouragements would you be willing to offer um, on this note? Yeah, one of the one of the wonderful things about having a confession as we do is uh, not only does it show as the Reformed Baptists were showing in the 1600s, our, our Pado-Baptist friends that on the one hand, we're not Arminians, and, and on the other hand, we're not Anabaptists, but that we are Reformed, and, and uh, we do hold to, again, those, those great truths which came out of the Reformation. But as I say in, in my forward to the book, it also shows people that we're not new kids on the block. Um, we, we, we have uh, historic uh, moorings and, and bearings, as it were, so that, you know, I told a person one time they came to my church and said, you know, here's our confession of faith. And you see that number 1689. I said, that's not the page count. That's actually the year it came out. And so, you know, we are historic. What we believe is not new. There's nothing new under the heavenlies. You know, we go back to the old ways, the old past where the good way is. So uh, for pastors, it's a wonderful thing to have a confession of faith and to say, wow, this is what our forefathers believed, the particular Baptists. And it's a beautiful thing. And, and having been in the ministry for 15 years now, I go through the confession, you know, uh, multiple times a month. And if whatever I'm preaching on, I could generally find something there in the confession that was expounded upon. So our confession, as you men know, it, it's, it's, it's a small systematic theology. Now, We'll expound that in our new book in, in just under 600 pages because, again, we're Baptists. We like to write. We like to preach. We do all that kind of stuff. But um, it's wonderful to be able to look back and see what did our forefathers, our Puritan forefathers, you know, believe about these matters. So if you're a pastor uh, and you're thinking about, again, uh, establishing a Reformed Baptist church or whatever the case might be, to have that document to be able to look at stuff and not say, hmm, you know, what do I think about the Sabbath? What do I think about worship? You don't have to make these things up. Our forefathers have already gone through scripture. They've called out the biblical data and they put forth those things in a very clear, articulate way. So it's a beautiful thing to have that confession of faith and to be able to lean on it and to have it direct us to the Word of God, which ultimately, of course, is our final authority for all things, even as our confession of faith says. So I would encourage every uh, Baptist pastor, Reformed Baptist pastor, to, to be confessional. It helps you. It helps your ministry. Uh, we read our confession of faith in our services, and we teach through it regularly. But again, it helps the people to know we're not new kids on the block. It helps them to have a sense of continuity uh, on so many levels. Just having a confession of faith uh, is good for the Christian and it's good for the Christian church. Amen. Bef before uh, Dewey begins to wrap us up and conclude us, uh, I just wanted to ask you and give you the opportunity uh, to tell with our audience uh, if there's any other projects you're working on that you want to uh, tell our audience about. Uh, are there any other writing projects you're managing or authoring? Uh, that you want to tell us about right now? Yeah, yeah, thanks for asking. I do have a new commentary on Romans coming out next year. 
and uh, Mentor Books is publishing that as well. Uh, they're actually editing that now, and uh, Dr. Sam Waldron did endorse the book, so it's probably pretty decent if Sam endorsed it, and I'm very thankful for Sam. He does so many nice things for me. Uh, so yeah, so that's coming out next year, and I'm thrilled about that uh, commentary. Steve Lawson wrote the forward for it, and a bunch of wonderful guys, Tom Schreiner and other guys, have endorsed it, and I just pray it's a real help to the church. That commentary might become uh, the foundational commentary for maybe a whole series of commentaries on the Pauline epistles uh, that I would ask other guys to write uh, uh, those commentaries. I think this one uh, was really um, uh, a labor of love. And I hope that other guys, if the publisher is willing to do it, will uh, uh, create a whole series out of it. And then just the newest thing that I'll, I'll give as a plug here. Um, have you guys ever heard of William Burkitt? B-U-R-K-I-T-T. -T? Have you ever heard of William Burkitt? I'm not familiar personally. Yeah, that's what I get from, from most men. Uh, well, William Burkett, um, uh, Reformed Anglican, his father was a Puritan, uh, wrote a great New Testament commentary. Actually, his commentary was the impetus for Matthew Henry to write his own commentary. He wrote a New Testament commentary, and then um, Matthew Henry said, man, after seeing Burkett's commentary, I want to write a commentary on the Old Testament so that we would have Old and New Testament together. Well, uh, Henry went and wrote the Old Testament and then the New Testament. Matthew Henry actually speaks about this in the preface of his own commentary. In fact, he said uh, that Burkett's work is uh, well-received by serious-mind Christians and that it's a great service to the church. Church. And after him, Spurgeon said that Burkett wrote a goodly volume, which is worthy of our attentive perusal. Additionally, Burkett preached William Gurnall's funeral sermon. So you see, this was a guy that was well-loved among the Puritans, etc. Well, he wrote a New Testament commentary that I've used over the years, and um, even recently as I'm preaching consecutive expositions through the book of Philippians, and it's online for free. So just so you know, William Burkett, you guys can Google it. But the link sometimes doesn't work, and then sometimes I, I use it and it jacks up my computer, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, we were able to secure some volumes of Burkett. We have it in a two-volume set and a one-volume set. And I'm actually working with uh, Solid Ground Christian Books, and they're going to republish Burkett. I just wrote the forward for it this weekend. But that's a commentary that I think your audience wants to know about. If you love Matthew Henry and you love Matthew Poole, William Burkett fits right between those two guys. Thoroughly Calvinistic, full of applications. Observe one, observe two, learn this, learn that you know, typical in a Puritan uh, fashion. So uh, that's a work that I would ask you men to pray for and um, uh, hope that it might come out uh, next year. So January 17th, that gives you the date for the uh, new exposition of the London Baptist Confession of Faith. That'll be out hopefully around the world, again, mid-January uh, 2023. Uh, Romans probably the end of next year, and then maybe right between those two books, uh, William Burkett, an exposition of the New Testament. So whenever I try to do a project, uh, write a book or something, or get involved in something, I always try to do it with the pastor in view, a good resource for the pastor, and also the people of God. And I think these three volumes, especially the, the 1689 uh, Romans, and then again, William Burkett, will be a tremendous resource for preachers and teachers of the Word of God, or at least that's what my prayer is. Amen. Many exciting projects for Pastor Rob Ventura. It's been an absolute blast talking with you today about the release of the 1689 book, but also another book as well that's in the works that you've been able to share with our listeners at the end of our discussion. So 
we want to thank you so much, Pastor Rob, for coming on the show today. We certainly wish you all the best in your ongoing ministry and writing endeavors in the future. Well, thanks so much, brothers. Really appreciate your time. Absolutely. And to our listeners, thank you again for your continued support of the Covenant Podcast. Until next time, we wish you grace and peace in the Lord Jesus Christ. God bless.